Welcome to the whiteboard debate. This debate started several years ago with a whiteboard being hung up in the main room of an apartment. My roommates and I would write questions on it and have anyone who visited be allowed to vote and argue their stance on them. The purpose is to pick fun and interesting questions that everyone already has an opinion on, whether they know it or not, and try to persuade people to your side while still being respectful. We quickly learned that people would get passionate about these questions while having buckets of fun. So now the debate is starting up again, but in podcast form, in the hopes of getting more people to ask these questions in their life. Hi, I'm Connor. And I'm Haley, and we are siblings who are ready to explore our strong opinions on these lighthearted topics. Each episode will include one or more questions and us truly recording our opinions on a whiteboard. Themes and structures may be different from week to week, but we will keep a running total of our answers. This week, our question is, what amount of money is acceptable to spend on an impulse purchase? Go to at whiteboard debate on Instagram and add your initial opinion. Don't worry, you'll have a chance to recast your vote at the end of the episode. All right, gut instinct. Do you have an amount that you would impulse spend at a store? Impulse spend, like if I walk into a store not planning on buying anything and buy something, how much? Or like impulse buy, like I went into the grocery store and on the way out, impulse bought something else. Like kind of what's the what's the scenario of this impulse purchase? That's a great question. Because I was also thinking my amount would be different based off of impulse purchase in person versus impulse purchase. I'm buying something else online or I'm looking at stuff online and I see something. Yes. So starting with like you're in a store for some other reason and you see something that you like, want, etc. What's the the maximum amount where you had no intention of buying this item when you walked in? Like, what's the acceptable amount for you to just see something in person and go, oh, yeah, I should get that? I am probably in the realm of, depending on how I'm feeling, somewhere between $20 and $40. Okay. Like, I'm 50, I start to get uncomfortable. 20 is like my, I'm not really thinking about it kind of area. 40 is if I really loved it, I would still buy it. And it's really funny you say that because that's exactly what I had. Uh, I was closer to just 20 almost exactly because I pay with so much like just cash. That's something that I did growing up. And Mm -hmm. so that was a singular bill and the highest bill that I would casually be willing to like spend on something, even if it's something that like I need or um, like something that's not even like a fun purchase. It's just something where I'm like, Ooh, this will make my life better. You know, whether it's a food or like, even if it's just something to help with like cleaning Mm -hmm. $20 kind of felt like the maximum for, you know, having not thought about it before not assessed, you know, what I may, already own or other options that might be available so i think Mm -hmm. i'm actually closer to just 20 yeah 20 is definitely my comfort zone 40 is like i'm imagining i walked into target and found like a pair of jeans that fits really well that's typically going Mm -hmm. to be over 20 but if it's something like that i would probably spend 40 but like my comfort zone i'm with you is 20 
and see i i think you pointing out close that's a smart like differential point of like 20 bucks if it's something kind of more fun or expendable or not necessary as soon as something becomes more necessary or functional i think that amount would increase like clothes like you said jeans yeah you could buy that for fun but a lot of times that's for like daily use Mm-hmm. And so it's a more functional item. So I would be willing to spend more. Kind of the same thing of like, if I was buying a cleaning product or like there was a big sale on, I don't know, laundry detergent, mm-hmm. I would probably be more willing to spend money on that because I know I need that laundry detergent to have clean clothes. Mm-hmm. So if I can rationalize that it's a logical decision, mm-hmm. the amount goes up higher. But if it's just for fun, enjoyment, you know, 20 bucks is kind of my my tap out. And usually I don't find a lot of things that are um, on the more functional ends that I, I'm not specifically looking for. Yeah, same. Normally mm-hmm. that's like something that's marinated in the back of my head of, oh, I can really use a new pair of jeans. And so it's just kind of sad in the back of my head. So if I happened to be in a store where then I didn't go in looking for jeans, but oh, I know I've needed a new pair of jeans and they were there, then like, perfect. That kind of, so it's kind of an impulse, but it was kind of pre-planned. I should also note, I'm not a big shopper in general. (laughs) In ways, like I, like... If I was walking through the nail polish aisle, I'm looking at $10. Like I, it so depends on what kind of thing it is. Yeah. I, I typically don't buy a lot of stuff or impulse buy a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but $20, I'd be confident saying I would spend $20 and feel okay about it. Yeah. And I'm definitely of a similar mindset of that, of like, I don't typically just go to a store for fun, just to wander. Usually if I go to a store, it's because I have a list of things that I'm looking for or need. Mm -hmm. Like I came with a true reason. I can't honestly think of the last time that I went into a store just to like look around and kind of just mm, wander. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting because I started going through, you know, when I go to a store, some of the things I have impulse bought, usually it's well below $20. Usually I get suckered in by like the discount movie tubs at Walmart. (laughs) And at that point I'm buying DVDs that are like, I think they have some of them $2. Some of them are like $4. And usually I end up with about $10 worth of DVDs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I'm well below that line of the 20 bucks that I don't question it, but I think, yeah, I think if I go over 20 for something that's, not very functional, I would start questioning it pretty heavily. Same. I will say the one like category this doesn't seem to apply to in my life is a bookstore. Like (laughs) I can pretty much rationalize any amount of money when I'm in a bookstore. Used or new, a bookstore gets me every time for some reason. That's fair. But But I will say there is a limit to a bookstore but there is something about a bookstore where my limit is higher than it would be in a target or a walmart or just a random store i walked into 
off of the street. Like those tend to be like $20 is kind of my comfort zone. But a bookstore for some reason is different for me. See, but you also are someone that like you buy a book and you read it versus there's a lot of people that buy books and don't read them. You have a much higher success rate in reading the books you purchase than the average Joe. Okay. Uh, Yes, I will agree with that. However, I am currently looking at a bookshelf, (laughs) multi-level bookshelf (laughs) uh, filled with books that I have not read yet. Well, one of the rows is like notebooks, so I guess that doesn't count. And the other row is running books, which actually I have read most of those. But the top three, mm, (laughs) there is room for improvement. But most of them are used, that they were a couple of bucks. Like, I pretty rarely buy new books. Which is fair. And that's where I get suckered in with those super cheap movie tubs is I can Mm. mentally rationalize, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm spending $2 on this DVD. If this movie is two hours long, I'm spending like a dollar an hour if I only watch it once. Right. Which it's hard for me to think of any other way because I have a lot of fun watching that. It's like, how, where else can I spend $2 and get two hours of fun? (laughs) Nowhere. (laughs) I can't think of a place. That's not including the fact that if you're watching it at home or at a friend's place, like other people can be watching it too. Also just for that same $2 amount. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. like they also have to chip in. And if you like that movie, you could watch it multiple times and it gets smaller each time. Right. It's kind of like buying a pass for like, um, like a national parks pass. Uh The way that my brain works with those is the first time you use it, the total is divided by like the amount of times you go. And so the more you use it, the less you basically had to pay each time. And I can mentally rationalize like, wow, because I went, you know, like 30 times and brought the amount to a pretty small amount. Like, yeah, each of those days I would have paid X amount of dollars to been able Mm -hmm. to go in. Yep. I agree with that. I will say online, it's so much easier to go above that because Mm -hmm. you're not pulling out your wallet. You're definitely not able to use cash. It's just a number on there and that's dangerous. It is dangerous. And I would say I'm probably closer to the $40 amount. I I don't think I went up a ton, but I would say probably double. That one's a hard one for me because I, I don't shop much in general. So then I, if I'm buying something online, typically it's not because I'm just browsing around and found things I like and like, oh, I should buy that. Typically I'm, oh, I'm going on a trip and I need a new pair of shorts or, oh, I'm, you know, running and my <laughs> running shoes. Like the typically I'm going online not to browse, but because I am looking for something specific. So a lot of times the things in my shopping cart are there for a reason, but I am kind of the queen of putting a ton of things in my shopping cart and then sitting on it, letting it marinate, really like go back in a few days and see like, does that still seem like a good idea? Do I still really like that thing? And then pull things out of my shopping cart slowly. Like that tends to be my thing. I very rarely go on Amazon, see a cool thing and buy it. 
Normally I'll put it in my shopping cart and it will sit there for two weeks and then I'll delete it. <laughs> so you're like an impulse saver of an item. Oh, yes. But not an impulse buyer, which isn't yes. bad. Yes. Yeah. You know, like I live you're marking fantasy. it for later. Yeah. Yeah. I, I live the fantasy in my head of, oh, if I had that thing, it would be so great. And like I imagine it. And then I don't buy it because I realized in a couple of days, it's not worth $30 to me. Like it yeah. was great in my head, but as I sit on it. Mm. And I, I do something very similar where like, I'll see something and I go, Ooh, I think I might like that. And then I fall down the rabbit hole of researching it and finding where I can get it the cheapest. Um, and I typically end up waiting if it's possible for it to come out in a store that does like a price match thing and then trying to purchase it there to save that money. So it's like a long term. Right. And so then I've thought about it for weeks, if not months before I actually buy it, if it's something I don't need. The right. one time all of this goes out the window and I typically end up hitting that $40 time is birthdays and Christmas when I'm buying for other people. Oh, because yes. I'm hunting for things to buy for them. So yeah, I'm tossing things in the cart and it's pretty easy when you're just creating a big list, especially because we typically have multiple birthdays in a row in our family mm -hmm. and close to major holidays. So you're buying for multiple events and you kind of just go, well, I'll buy multiple things and then just kind of split it between those two. And that becomes very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yes. We, like I budget X number of dollars per Christmas, per person, per birthday, per person. Like we budget mm -hmm. it out. But when I'm in present buying mode and I'm walking through a store, it is a whole different ball game. I'm like, oh, this person uh -huh. would like this. I know I'm kind of close to like the budget, but ah, I think they really need it. And then it's like, if yep. it's for someone else, I do not think about it nearly as long. My uh -huh. my capping on impulse purchasing goes up. Like I, yeah, because it's for someone else. So mm -hmm. I somehow that feels different to me. And again, it's that dangerous game of because so many of our birthdays and holidays are close together. Mm -hmm. You impulse buy for one, and then you have to impulse buy for like two more people. Yeah. To kind of like even it out. Yeah. Which definitely. can also be a challenge, mm -hmm. especially then doing it online. Yeah. Like no normally I'm very good online of hitting the budget, but then mm -hmm. it's walking through any store in that purchasing time frame that then extra things get tossed in. See, my thing is, is I usually create a list throughout the whole year mm -hmm. of items that I find for people. Mm -hmm. And then I put them all into the like shopping cart or, you know, the online shopping cart. And the big challenge is some of those aren't online. And so then I have to go to a store to get those last few. And that's like what you're saying, present mode in a store, it becomes a lot more impulsive, even if you're there just for those like last two gifts. Mm -hmm. They do such a great job advertising because it's a holiday or whatever. And it typically going to end up getting suckered in buying something else for someone. Yeah. Like someone else I'm walking through the store. I'm like, Oh, $30, but they would love it. And walking mm -hmm. through a store for myself, I'm like $5 for a bottle of nail polish. Excuse me, but no. 
Like yep. I, I just, it's such a different feeling and I don't know, I don't know where that comes from. Maybe that has something to do with the way we were, we were raised, honestly, because I don't know that everybody is like this. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, I definitely went through that <laughs> when I went to college because I found out people's birthdays and I always got people like birthday presents mm -hmm. and they'd always be like, uh, what? <laughs> like they were not expecting it. Right. Um, but the same thing, like I would start lists, you know, if they were friends, I would have a list running. And then when it became their birthday or like something happened, you know, I would be able to go to that list and get something for them. I also had a bad habit and I don't have it currently, but it'll probably come back later in life where I would have um, pre-bought gifts that I knew would work for people. So I would buy things ahead of time if they were non-perishable and basically just have a stock ready. Oh. So if they had a really bad day or, you know, someone like passed away in their family or something like that, Mm -hmm. I literally already had a present or something nice for them in my room, ready to go. Wow. Then that got really dicey when, if I still had some of those items, when it became like the holidays or their birthday, it became way too easy to then shuffle those in <laughs> with things that I then purchased for them. Right. Yeah. I don't, I've never done that. I don't, I mean, I like the idea. I've personally never done that. And at this point, I don't exchange gifts with many people outside of family. And like, to be honest, I don't really, this is turning kind of into a different discussion, but personally, I like getting gifts. I don't love getting gifts. Like I, that's not, I love giving gifts. And I feel like, again, that might be something that comes in our family of, we've always really loved giving each other gifts and like surprising mm -hmm. each other with things and there's also been a lot of hand making of things for other people as gifts. Like yeah. there is such that emphasis in our family for some reason. I don't know who started that or where that comes from. It comes from the insane amount of Christmas movies we watch 24, <laughs> 365. <laughs> like, <Probably>. The Hallmark <laughs> Channel is on sometimes in June in our household. And yes. the message of all of those is it's better to give gifts than to receive them. That, yes. And that, and neither one of us is the one that is clicking on the Hallmark channel, might <laughs> I add. <laughs> uh -huh. But we have enjoyed it all the same. Yeah, there's just been kind of, because I've been around other families where that's not their thing. Like they have a very specific list and you may buy me something off of that list. Oh, mm -hmm. and you know, yep. I understand it. I understand the argument for doing it that way, because if I'm going to get something, I want it to be a thing that I would use and want. And if I'm giving somebody something, I want it to be something they want and will use. Totally understand the argument. I want the element of a surprise. Like I, I want to know what you think I would like. Like yeah. that's just part of the fun. I'm not a Christmas present peeker. I want the oh. element of surprise. And with that, I also think we get pretty targeted ads nowadays. So mm -hmm. there's certain things you'll see for yourself only, mm -hmm. but then 
other people will get basically a totally different marketing ad, whatever. Like if you write your own list, you have a pretty limited view of the things and you'll miss out on some pretty amazing things that you could have gotten. Mm -hmm. That being said, we've also been in a family where people know each other pretty well and give pretty freaking good gifts because they actually put a lot of thought into it and a lot of time and everyone does that. Mm-hmm. So it works in other families where maybe you're not as close with some people that gets a lot harder or someone maybe really struggles to give gifts. Like I, I can get that. Yes. I definitely have worked with people with their family that it's set up that way. And I definitely struggled mm-hmm. and um, not to say one way is better than the other. It's just, that's a hard switch to try to flip that makes it a lot easier to stick to the budget though oh absolutely and not do impulse purchases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there, there's arguments for either way i think a lot i think you hit it the nail on the head of kind of depending on what your family structure is like i think plays a lot into that and just our family structure it works best for it to be a surprise and yeah I mean, and that's not to say we've never been asked, hey, what would you want for your birthday? To give out general ideas. Because mm-hmm. we've done that before. Especially when we were little, I feel like. Like a Christmas list. But yes. <laughs> anymore, it's pretty much a surprise. But mm-hmm. we, even though we're older, we've stayed very close. So again, to your point, that just works for a family system. Like you're going to get something you like and will use even if you didn't ask for it specifically. Yes. Because we listen and we pay attention. Yeah. And there's other families that like, maybe you live far away from people or don't have the ability to stay in that close of contact all the time to know exactly what someone would want. Like there's all of those different variables, which I absolutely get and respect, but The way our family works, we like the element of surprise Mm -hmm. and we also enjoy gift giving. Like that is very fun for all of us. So an impulse purchase that is a gift for someone else is a lot easier of a yes for us based on our history than it is to say yes on an impulse purchase for ourselves. So much easier, like 10 times easier. Oh, yes. During school, I remember literally for one of my friend's birthdays, I started like six months out. I basically came up with a plan. And so I took a photo of something we had done together and I printed it out as a puzzle that you could do, put it in a box and had the box locked with a code and gave a riddle about the code like six months out from his birthday. (laughs) Like I was doing things like that. Just uh, because, and that was so easy for me to impulse be like, this will be so cool and so mm-hmm. random. Mm-hmm. And like, just the joy of kind of setting that up. And, you know, again, that's us being very creative and like hand making a lot of things. Or yeah. I don't know if it's, if I'd still count that as handmade, but like just kind of putting like a more mm-hmm. personal spin to it versus like a gift card or just mm-hmm. an item that you purchased and put in a bag like we put a lot of like effort into making the things work Mm -hmm. and so we get really excited by the ideas of coming up with um gifts or activities that are really creative yeah we've always been like a 
he liked to make the little things into events. Yep. Like we, we love an excuse to plan something, to organize something, to design something, to create something out of nothing. I mean, we, yeah. we love to get together and just kind of make an event out of it. And it doesn't have to be expensive or elaborate, but there is that very creative kind of trying to make it special element, which I don't know. Again, I totally get the arguments. There are some times where I, I want slash need something very specific. And I would really appreciate it if I got that very specific thing. Like there are like an Amazon gift card. I'm never going to be unhappy with an Amazon gift card. That's very helpful, mm -hmm. <laughs> fun, yeah. you know, but personally, I love making things for other people that are meaningful or buying things just randomly that I see that I think they would like. Yeah. I think in our family, we only ever ask for specific things if we truly like need it, need it right mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. And usually it's not a pricey item. Like last mm -hmm. Christmas, I genuinely just needed socks for running Mm -hmm. because mine had like started to wear thin mm -hmm. and I think that was like the only suggestion that I gave was like I, I know this is lame and a cliche but I genuinely need running socks right and so our, our family also had the wherewithal that that wasn't the only thing that I received it's not like I received 200 pairs of socks right so you know it works we're able to also um, as we've gotten older been able to pitch like hey you know, we still want the creative and the fun thing. But if you're looking for like a $10 item, like I actually like, you know, socks is a pretty basic one of, I actually really need this in my mm -hmm. daily life. And Am that I does help. I always treat those items as kind of a counterbalance to if I end up doing an impulse purchase for somebody else, I've got some of those smaller ones that I know are a guarantee for other people that mm -hmm. it'll balance out. Yeah, honestly, thanks goodness that you brought up running socks because then I got running socks and I needed and wanted running socks, but I absolutely despise asking for anything. Like I, uh, if you ask me what I want for my birthday, it is painful to come up with anything. So thank you for being able to come up with that because it benefited me because <laughs> I was unable to come up with a wish list. But I'm the exact same way about like anything else. Like the only time I'm able to give a like a list or ideas of something, it's not stuff that I want as much as it's stuff that I need that I would be able to answer that question with. Mm -hmm. So if somebody asks like, what do you want for your birthday? Like I'm pretty much could only say like, Hey, this broke. It would be great if, you know, I got X. Yep. Beyond that, I got nothing else. Yep. And I would guess that your wish list probably falls underneath your impulse purchase, like cap of money. Oh, yeah. Like it's a small thing. Like I know I've asked for a running belt because mine broke. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's that mindset of it's something I I need and I would go buy myself. But I guess if you're asking, yeah. you wanted to buy the relatively cheap item for me instead and wrap it. 
that's the best of the night. But I think, again, you and I aren't shoppers. So there's not, at least for me, I don't have a super long list of things I want. No, I have long lists for literally everybody else, friends and family. Mm -hmm. And then I'll maybe have like one thing that I saw that I went, oh, that was kind of cool. That's like been kicking around in the back of my head that I might be looking and seeing if it's going to go on sale and I'll think about it. Mm -hmm. But that's it. Yeah. And that'll probably kick around for multiple months before I decide yes or no, or I wait until it goes on sale. Yes. Or I'll mm -hmm. just go, eh, maybe I'll get it on my birthday or Christmas. Yep. Mm -hmm. like... <laughs> and normally I've forgotten about it by then. Yeah. Anyways, but see, I feel like what I want is experiences, adventures. Like I want to go do something. I want to run a race. I want to travel to this place. I want to do this activity. So like when I'm browsing Amazon, I'm not buying events like that. I'm not so like the things I want to spend on, spend money on for myself. Typically you're not finding in a target anyways. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really tempted by the impulse purchase as much because the things that I really want to spend my money on for myself aren't things typically. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It definitely gets harder, but yeah, impulse purchases for activities, it's usually a higher limit, mm -hmm. but it's rarer that I do it. Mm -hmm. It was definitely a little bit higher when I lived in an area where um, there would be fairly cheap like concerts or like movie premiering events and stuff like that where it'd be like a little bit above the $20 limit but it was like a four or five hour long like event right and so that would sucker me in because it was something to do mm -hmm. but I also I don't think I've ever really asked for those again those are just kind of if they pop up mm -hmm. I don't think to ask for those things anyways no. Like, but also my, I have like this mental bucket list that is miles long. It just kind of exists as like background noise to me. I'm not like when somebody asks me, what do you want for Christmas? I'm not thinking that they're asking about that. And I don't really impulse purchase events. I don't know. I, I guess I will say I will imp impulse register for a race. But with that impulse registration, it's the timing that's impulsive. Each year, I kind of have X amount of money that I'm willing on spending for races or events of whatever kind. So like the timing is impulsive, like, oh, I should do that race and I'll impulsively buy it, but it's already mm -hmm. fitting into a larger budget. So I'm not really sure that counts. Like it's a higher dollar amount that I'm technically impulsively purchasing, but it's still... Yeah in my yearly budget yeah you've already preset that aside yeah that's fair yeah i'm not sure i would count those because you schedule things and you plan things this question to me is primarily like if i'm walking through a grocery market you know or like some kind of store mm -hmm. and i see something on a shelf for me it's going to be about 20 dollars that i impulsively yeah. buy that and it's going to be a, a lot higher chance that I do grab it and a lot higher potentially up to like $40 if it's for someone else. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing of usually I'm not online shopping. I don't think I ever impulsively buy stuff for myself online. I truly don't. But when it hits holidays and birthdays, oof, that gets mm -hmm. a lot more tricky because I find something really cool for someone 
And then I go, ooh, now I kind of got to make sure I even it out for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And trying to balance, especially with like we said, hand making some of them or putting a lot more just physical time. Mm-hmm. It may not be worth as much money from like the items and the components. But, and I think our family's pretty good about that, valuing people's time and effort. Yeah. But it can be a little hard in the moment estimating like, you know, I spent X amount on these people, but for this person, I spent way less on items, but I'm not factoring in, you know, I literally spent hours upon hours building it. Yes. Because we're, we're talking like some of the things that our family has done have been multi-day, if not multi-week events, like labor. I know you've done things that have been over the course of months. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's, yeah, but that, again, that's kind of just how our family has always operated. So we kind of just operate in that understanding of valuing people's time and the materials like they're, it's just kind of how we roll. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure it seems very weird to a lot of people. And that is valid. (laughs) It's also because we know each other. And we put effort into knowing each other and knowing what each other like. We have the opportunity to build and make things for each other Mm -hmm. that are unique and personal, Mm -hmm. which is really nice and very cool. And it's kind of been like an unspoken rule that like not everyone gets a fully unique and personal thing every year from each Mm. person. Yeah. It's just kind of if something works out perfectly, like it's kind of like a special, totally random. Again, we like surprises. Like, Mm -hmm. it's totally random. You have no idea who's going to end up getting kind of a random homemade special item that just really worked that year for Mm -hmm. that person. Yeah, it it, yeah, you're right. It totally depends. And there's been years where one person has gotten like, all of the items. (laughs) Yeah, just because it worked. But nobody takes that badly. Mm -mm. We also get situations where because we know each other and because we communicate, it's not uncommon. It's pretty common, actually, that at least one item to someone gets duplicated. And oh, it's usually yeah. a pretty random item mm-hmm. that like no one mm-hmm. else has even heard of or seen. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, two people manage to find it and it <laughs> gets duplicated. And that happens almost every year. Oh, yes. And it's infuriating or if like this year I thought I found like I just thought I scored on a thing that I had found I was like certainly no one's thought of this no one else is doing it I call mom just to double check before I hit purchase oh yeah I'm told I can't tell you why but you can't do that Mm -hmm. and it's just swiped right out from under you you think you've hit the absolute jackpot And at least we, like, at least in that instance, I did check in and knew ahead of time not to do it. At least I asked. Yeah. But yeah, that happens at least once a year. This year it happened to me twice that I can recall right off the top of my head. And it's really hard to avoid that because, again, we like surprises. So we don't share really what we've purchased or have planned for each other. It's rare that I have any idea what anybody else is getting. Yeah. 
It's if I've asked a very specific question or if someone's very excited, like, ooh, look at what I found. But typically, everything's a mystery. Like, watching everybody else open their gifts is also a surprise for me. Mm-hmm. Which is fun. Yeah. All right. So I think I'm doing probably it's about $20 in person, mm -hmm. especially for myself. Myself, it might be lower. It might be closer to 10 and it might be closer to 30 for, you know, if it's for somebody else, but $20 on average mm -hmm. online, I would say it's probably about 40. And that's again, usually for someone else. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you that $20 is definitely my comfort zone. 40 is like, I can justify it. Like it's mm -hmm. impulsive, but it has a justification. I can argue it has a purpose. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think, and this is a small aspect, but I think a little bit of that, again, stems back to using paper money. A $20 bill kind of mm -hmm. felt like the limit on that. Mm -hmm. And a $10 bill felt like the limit for myself. And spending $40 is spending two of those. But as soon as you go above that, you're now at a $50 bill. And my mental association, I immediately think that's half of a hundred. Like, right. for whatever reason, I like the even numbers. Yes. You know, I like mm -hmm. those multiples of 10. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know why, but my brain automatically associates the 50 being a lot closer to the hundred. Yeah. Because they're right next to each other. And no, I, I agree with that. I think part of the reason why I'm willing to spend more online is even if I impulsively find something on Amazon that I want to buy, I'll go and look at all of the other things that are very similar and make sure, yes, this is the version of my impulse purchase that I want to make. Mm -hmm. So then I feel more confident about it. Like, yes, I've looked around and this is the one that I like the most in all of, you know, not all of the internet, but like at least all of Amazon. Whereas if I'm walking through Walmart and see something, well, I'm confident that this is my favorite thing of this type in Walmart at this moment, but I'm not confident that I'm not going to go home and search this on Amazon and find something that I like more for the same amount of money. Like there's I feel yeah. more confident about having searched compared things in an impulse situation online because there's more options that I can see simultaneously. But if you're in the store, you're like, well, this is, there's only five different notebooks out of these five. This is my favorite. But on Amazon, there's thousands. No, that's a, that's a really great point. Having that, you know, suggested similar items mm -hmm. or you know, you find something and you're like, oh, I really want to get this. And then you type it in and you look it up and you're like, oh, yeah, for $3 more, mm -hmm. you know, I can get such a better version of it. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that definitely factors into why I would say it's closer to 40 is because there's that flexibility. I'm more confident that I'm spending money on something that truly is what I want mm -hmm. in a version of this item. So I'm willing to spend more on it because I'm more confident in my purchase. I'm more confident in my impulsivity. So I'll spend more money on it is essentially yep. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. And I think that's true. You feel very sure that you're making a good purchase. Yeah. Like right now I have four tabs open of different laptop cases on Amazon. And these are just the four that I'm currently looking at. 
because I chipped my laptop case. So now I'm in the realm of I need to replace it. So now I'm willing to do it. Now, if I just wanted a different color, I would not be buying a new laptop case. Like I'm, I've waited until it's broken and now I have multiple tabs open and I also have other ones in my cart and I'm currently doing a, a analysis on laptop cases. And none of them are over like $15, $20, but still there's like a multi-stage over a couple of weeks analysis going on over a laptop case. Like that's how unimpulsive my impulsive buying is. And I'm going to have to do the exact same thing because I actually cracked mine as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And same thing. Like I know it's going to be looking for sturdy, decent quality but low cost mm -hmm. and it's going to be looking through a bunch of options mm -hmm. and picking one that hits that after a significant amount of time. It's not just going to be, Oh, I'm going to go to Amazon and pick the first one I like. Yeah. And the, the sad part is I already did this and bought one and I got it. And the one thing I didn't realize is that it had like snakeskin texture. It wasn't just Ooh. smooth. Yeah. So now texture has to be on my list of, variables that I'm analyzing when looking for a new laptop case because I I did not notice the snakeskin texture and when I got it I did not like it so I had to return it and now I'm going through the process again but with an extra filter for snakeskin texture because I don't want that because yeah. you've told me that now I'm gonna have to do that yeah, well, I mean, I highly doubt you're going to run into that problem because the reason why I didn't see it is because it had a pattern to the case. And so the pattern and like the listing itself, you know, when on Amazon they have like a bunch of different designs of something, yeah. but the, the listing title stays the same. So it didn't list snakeskin in the listing title. So I just assumed like, well, all of the other ones look smooth, like given the pattern, you could see they looked smooth. So I didn't think to double check <laughs> that this pattern in this long list was smooth too. I just assumed it's the same case printed with different patterns and gotcha. that was wrong. So unless you're buying a flower print case, I think you'll probably be okay. You probably will be able to tell that it doesn't have snakeskin <laughs> texture to it and you'll probably be okay. And this was like, I've never branched out on a patterned case before. Like I'm typically <laughs> not a flower person. I'm not very girly, but I was like, this is kind of cute. Like it was more so retro flower, not like girly flower. Mm -hmm. I was excited. I was like, look at me stepping outside of the box right now. I am embracing color and pattern all in one go. And little did I know I was also embracing snakeskin and that was just too far outside the comfort zone. So back I retreat <laughs> yep. and um, it might be just solid black. That might be <laughs> like how I have to cope with this. It's what I would do, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Because now you want to make sure the second time that it 100% comes out how you want it. Yes. And I was so excited. I was just so proud of myself. Like, look at me embracing color and design. I'm just, look at, look at me. Nope. Nope. Too confident for my own good. Hit the return button. Yeah. In case you were wondering how my 
day yesterday went, that was it. <laughs> Returning a not ideal laptop case. See, and again, you feel a lot better because I'm guessing that impulse, impulse in quotes, purchase <laughs> was not well above the amounts that we've talked about. No. But no. in my mind, it would, to make an impulse purchase of something hundreds to thousands of dollars, I can't picture that. I mean, I would feel better having the opportunity to return it. Yes. But still, the higher the value amount, if mm -hmm. it's going to be something that I'm buying, the more effort I'm going to put into it and the less likely it's ever going to be an impulse purchase, which I feel like most yeah. people have that. Yeah. And I think that changes too as you get older and yeah. your financial status changes. Like as a little kid, $100 felt like a million. Oh, yeah. So I do think there is kind of your impulse purchases in relation to your current financial status. But That's I also would, I would have to be extremely wealthy to be like impulse buying things that are thousands of dollars. The people that impulsively just buy a car have oh. just the most self-confidence that I will never have. <laughs> yeah. Same. To just walk into a random dealership and be like, yeah, this looks like a great car and just buy that car mm -hmm. without doing any comparative research. Like, uh, yeah. they're living their best life and they are happy living in the moment yep. and props to them. But that's mm -hmm. never going to be me. Yeah, no, I give them a round of applause as I stand on the sidelines. As I am looking <laughs> up information and comparing different car tapes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. As I am filling out my Excel spreadsheet, complete with yep. formulas and color coding. Yeah. No, good for them. Good for them. Honestly, they're probably a lot happier than we are, but nope, that's not the life I'm living. No. Nope. Same thing with, um, this is a little bit of a left turn, but it'll be my last tangent. I always start every podcast episode one, and I know quality oh. of it's probably going to be lower or you know, maybe the cast hasn't been settled or the setup may be a little bit different, but like I'm starting at episode one, no matter how many they have. And it baffled me to find out that people just start on the most recent one. Like what? You know, I don't do either of those things. A lot of my podcasts are like interviews or like singular, like a, it's a topic or a, a interview per episode. So mm -hmm. I skip for the topics or the person that I want to hear. A lot of mine are not chronological in any way, I guess. They don't build. Yeah. I listen to a lot of like stories or people playing like games. And so okay. it is a long running thing. And so that makes sense. Um, I will also still put out there that I definitely listen to some that every single episode is different and unique and you don't have to listen to the other ones. And I've still listened to them from the beginning. <laughs> so all the people out there, it'll be interesting to find out. Do you listen to our episodes in order or are you going to read the headlines and find the ones you like and skip <laughs> other ones if you're not interested in the question? Because I know if I found our podcast, I'd be starting at episode one, even if I didn't care about the question. And I would be picking the question I wanted. Ah, <laughs> oh, nope. Can't do it. <laughs> this is turning into a new debate topic. Yeah, we'll have to save it. But yeah. all right. All right. I, I'm shocked that we were basically the same. I'm shocked, but also 
after diving into like our family structure and upbringing, it makes a lot of sense. It, it makes a lot of sense with family. Yeah. So it'll be cool to see what other people have. Yeah, I'm interested. Like, if you're impulsively buying things a lot, what is that like? Is it ex- is it as exhilarating as it looks from the outside? Or is it a bummer? Because then you go, ooh, I could have had X. Like, do you get buyer's remorse ever? Or do you just get the, like, instant gratification? You're happy. You're enjoying it. It's a good product. Or do you impulse buy a lot and then return a lot of it? Oh, yeah. Like, you love the thrill of the purchase, but then you you return it. See, I don't like the hassle of having to return things. (gasps) No, me either. Again, why the laptop case was such a bummer. Such a debacle. (laughs) Like, this is exactly why I research. To avoid (laughs) this. Okay. Gosh. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whiteboard Debate. We hope you enjoyed our discussion today about what amount of money is acceptable to spend on an impulse purchase. If you want to continue the debate and voice voice your own serious and respectful opinion, you can find us at Whiteboard Debate on Instagram and at whiteboard debate on Twitter. There are links to all of our platforms in the show notes. Since we are a new podcast, keep an eye out for future updates or announcements. Join us next episode for another lively debate. See you next time.